Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews. Let's read Numbers chapter 19. Now Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the law that Yahweh has commanded. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer without defect, in which there is no blemish, and on which a yoke has never come. And you shall give it to Eleazar the priest, and it shall be taken outside the camp and slaughtered before him. And Eleazar the high priest shall take some of its blood with his finger, and sprinkle some of its blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. And the heifer shall be burned in his sight. Its skin, its flesh, and its blood with its dung shall be burned. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet yarn, and throw them into the fire, burning the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. But the priest shall be unclean until evening. The one who burns the heifer shall wash his clothes in water and bathe his body in water and shall be unclean until evening. And a man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them outside the camp in a clean place. And they shall be kept for the water for the impurity of the congregation of the people of Israel. It is a sin offering. And the one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening, and this shall be a perpetual statute for the people of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them. Whoever touches the dead body of any person shall be unclean seven days. He shall cleanse himself with the water on the third day and on the seventh day, and so be clean. But if he does not cleanse himself on the third day and on the seventh day, he will not become clean. Whoever touches a dead person, the body of anyone who has died and does not cleanse himself, defiles the tabernacle of Yahweh. And that person shall be cut off from Israel, because the water for impurity was not thrown on him, he shall be unclean. His uncleanness is still on him. This is the law when someone dies in a tent. Everyone who comes into the tent and everyone who is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel that has no cover fastened on it is unclean. Whoever in the open field touches someone who was killed with a sword or who died naturally or touches a human bone or a grave shall be unclean seven days. For the unclean they shall take some ashes of the burnt sin offering, and fresh water shall be added in a vessel. Then a clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it on the tent and on all the furnishings and on the persons who were there, and on whoever touched the bone, or the slain, or the dead, or the grave. And the clean person shall sprinkle it on the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. Thus on the seventh day he shall cleanse him, and he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and at evening he shall be clean. If the man who is unclean does not cleanse himself, that person shall be cut off from the midst of the assembly, since he has defiled the sanctuary of Yahweh, because the water for impurity has not been thrown on him. He is unclean, and it shall be a statute forever for them. The one who sprinkles the water for impurity shall wash his clothes, and the one who touches the water for impurity shall be unclean until evening. And whatever the unclean person touches shall be unclean, and anyone who touches it shall be unclean until evening. This is the word of the Lord. So here in this one, we start getting into the cleanliness laws. We haven't had a lot of that conversation in the book of Numbers, it's a big conversation in the Old Testament, largely the book of Leviticus, but it is here, and we, we pick up on it now, and we get to start having this conversation. So it starts, really, you got to start with this idea about clean and unclean. And unclean means something that has been 
in some way, shape, or form defiled. Uh, it has been made unclean. It has been made not good. Um, some of this is the Lord's doing, as we would think of it, for, for health reasons, as he cares for his people. But some of it just really does go straight down to the idea of holiness. You know, so you think about being around a dead body, which we read in this chapter, and, you know, a dead person who just died, they may have been sick. And so the the purpose of uncleanliness there could be for the health of the community. You could see something like that. But others, other things that happen, other things that make you unclean, it really just gets down to the brokenness of creation. For example, a woman, after she has a child, she's unclean. Uh, for a duration of time, which comes into play when you think about Mary going to the temple for the purification uh, on the 40th day and taking Jesus there with her, and they meet Simeon and Anna the prophetess. and So all that kind of thing plays into that. When you're unclean, you're not supposed to touch anyone else because then they can become unclean as well. And you're, you're not, certainly not supposed to go into the tabernacle or the temple itself. Uh, you're to avoid that place, that holy place. Uh, uncleanliness, unclean, uncleanliness is a reminder, I guess you'd say, of our sinful state, our sinful condition before the Lord. And so there's a focus on being clean, and we see it here in this text. So they are going to be charged with creating, um, well, a, a purification water. For lack of a better term, that it's not actually described here. Best we have is verse nine: the water for impurity for the congregation of the people of Israel. It is a sin offering. So they are to take a red heifer without defect, no blemish, and no yoke has ever put put on it. And so, just as we saw yesterday, chapter eighteen, that you have to bring God the best. You have to give the Lord the best. He doesn't want leftovers. He doesn't want scraps. So it is with this offering as well. This is not an old heifer that you've used for the last 10 years, and now it's no longer usable to work, and so you want to get rid of it. That's not what you do. That's not how you work with the Lord. No, this is a young heifer that otherwise would be a perfect working animal for you in the time to come. It's, it's young. It's never been put to work. It is holy. It's not left over. It's being set apart for a different purpose than the normal burden of a beast. And so they are to take that animal, they sacrifice it, Eliezer the priest does, um, outside the camp, because this is a, a process, again, of uncleanness that's going on here. So you can't make the inside of the camp unclean with this ritual. They sprinkle the blood, and notice that, toward the front of the tent of the meeting, seven times. So essentially take Imagine taking your finger, dipping it in a bowl, and just kind of, I guess, throwing or flicking it in in, in the air seven times. Uh, you could do that with it with a child seven times with water or something. I guess you could put red food dye in it and go outside and do this um, as a possible devotional time. The the blood is being thrown towards the tabernacle, the holy place of the Lord. Here, it's not going to reach the tabernacle because he's doing it from outside of camp. And in other sacrifices, that blood actually is um, put on the tabernacle itself or, you know, the, the Day of Atonement. It's put on the Ark of the Covenant itself as they bring it inside. So this this blood sacrifice is a thing of 
the idea of repentance and forgiveness going on here for the people of Israel. And that's this purification, again, the cleanliness, uncleanliness is related to that as well. So seven times it's sprinkled, and then you get to verse six. In the midst of the, the burning, he throws in cedar, hyssop. Um, hyssop is a plant, like a, a branch off of a plant that can be used, often was used for various sprinkling of things in the Old Testament. Just it was it was good for that. It was shaped just right um, to be able to to do that well. And then yarn. The scarlet, the color of blood there. I don't know if there's more of a connection or, or meaning to that than that, but they put those things in there with the heifer, and it's burned into ash. The priest is then unclean. He has to bathe. He has to clean his clothes. He's unclean until evening, so he can't come back in until afterward. And then the one who gathers up the ashes and puts them in a clean place. Now he's unclean, and he has to do the same thing as the priest did. Uh, this is a perpetual order. So this is something they'll do on a, I don't know how often, but this is something that they'll have to do again and again throughout their history is create this. So when they have run out, they need to make this sacrifice again. Then you get a, a conversation around uncleanness for other people. And we're focused here primarily in this chapter on death. If someone dies, the person who was around them, the people who have touched the dead person, they are now unclean for seven days. So the, verse 4 had seven times. Verse 11 has seven days. Seven is the biblical number for perfection or holiness. And so it's popping up here in this chapter for us today. And they're going to take that water. Notice it says the water. He's not cleansing himself with water. He's cleansing himself with the water. It's the water for impurity that we just saw created on the third day and the seventh day, so twice, and thus he is declared clean. If he doesn't do that, he has defiled God and he is cut off from Israel. So he's kicked out of the community. He's no longer one of the people in that, that nation. He has to go somewhere else. That's how seriously God takes this stuff. Similar, uh, if someone dies in a tent, whoever comes into that tent Essentially, that space is now unclean. Whoever comes inside is unclean, or whoever was there at the time it happened is unclean. Open vessels are unclean. Um, you read more about that, I believe, in the book of Leviticus, where you actually see those things have to be broken or done away with in, in various ways. That's not here. Here, instead, we focus again on the sprinkling, on the cleansing. So they're taking the hyssop, they're dipping it in that water, and they're sprinkling it on the tent, its furnishings, and the people. Now, you could ask your kids here, in the church today, where do you see water sprinkled? Then there's a neat connection to baptism here, is baptism makes us clean. Uh, we come to baptism sinners, unclean, in need of our Savior, and in baptism, sprinkled water on our head, the Lord calls us his own. He welcomes us into his family. He washes us clean. Uh, the wondrous gift that that is for us. So also third and seventh day, as we saw before, um, with the priest, sorry, with the, the dead body, those who had touched the dead body in verse 12. And he also, like the priest, has to clothe his, wash his clothes, bathe his water um, to be clean again. Even the one who sprinkles, 
verse 21 is now unclean and has to wash himself as well and his clothing. So a lot of seriousness being placed into these things. Uh, this t- chapter is a good chance to reflect on God's holiness as his people. Mm-hmm.